Hey guys, welcome to New Paradigm Intimacy Podcast. Uh, today I interviewed Rachel Rickards. I've been following this woman's journey for a really long time. And yeah, I even have a little cry in this podcast because she's just, yeah, she's just really living the embodiment of the kind of new paradigm leadership that I'm a real stand for. Um, and it's just very exciting for me to see so much of it really being lived in the way that I'm so aligned with. So yeah, I really hope you enjoy this. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a cheeky title talking about how um, to make relationships last. Um, Rachel definitely shares a similar understanding of the beauty of relationships and keeping love at the center in the same way that I do. So yeah, if you do have a curiosity about, you know, how to make relationships last through those difficult times when things feel like they're really falling apart, this will be a good one for you to listen to. Hope you enjoy it. Lots of love. Hey guys, and welcome to the New Paradigm Intimacy Podcast. <laughs> today, I have the incredible Rachel Rickards here today, and she has been inspiring me for many years, actually. Um, she is, she works, she has a business called Embodied Intimacy, and her work really has been resonating with me forever. She speaks a lot about uh, open relationships, and um, actually, her experience, is, it seems very similar to mine, is like, what happens in relationships beyond these ideas of, um what we think they need to be. So I'm very excited to have the exploration and talk to her today. And something that I wanted to speak to Rachel about was um, how to make a relationship last. And so I'd love you to share with us, Rachel, um, a little bit about yourself and in your journey with relationships. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I currently live in Berlin, Germany, and I live here with uh, my two partners, um, one of which I have this business with that co-founded Embodied Intimacy with my partner, Booster. And he's been, uh, I don't know, for all intents and purposes, like a primary partner, you know, in a way I'm like primarily relating romantically with him. We're also business partners. We're also life partners and kind of community leaders. So he's been for all intents and purposes, like my, even though I don't think we're, we're so hierarchical, I think that there, there always is a hierarchy, you know, just like he's the person I've been with longer and he's the person who I have more things invested in with. Um, and then I have a second partner uh, whose name is Leonard and we've been together for, for less time, but he also lives here with us. And I am currently pregnant with Leonard's baby. Mm. And two other women also live here with us. Um, one of which who used to be Leonard's primary partner and another who's kind of our house unicorn goddess. Um, and um, yeah, so I'm um, like, like just sharing that because I'm there and Leonard is very much coming into the business with Booster and I, he's been a part of our business and been kind of on the outskirts and now he's really coming in more. So my life very much is my relationships mm -hmm. and my work and like my community. And it's like, it's all really interwoven into one fabric. Mm -hmm. um, and that's both incredibly beautiful and incredibly challenging <laughs> to mix, you know, life and love and work and home and community all into one bed, essentially. Mm, I love it. There's a little bit of yeah. crafting actually, Rachel. I don't know if you're, there's a microphone that you're working with. It sort of sounds like there's paper rustling, I don't know. 
if you can hear. Okay, me. maybe it is. I have a I have a, um, a headphone in. Maybe I take it out. Perhaps, yeah. Let me try that. How's that? Yeah, it's different. It's yeah, you maybe speak a little bit louder, but it's I think it the crackling's gonna go, so that's good. Okay. Awesome. I can speak louder. Thank that's you. That's not that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. And um yeah, I really love the I'm curious for you then. Um I guess what is like the primary philosophy inside of that experience? You know, I, I, I can imagine like the kind of challenges that will come up and I've experienced some similar ones of my own. And I'm, I guess the, the question I would have is, is there a, um, a baseline culture that you guys operate on to make that kind of thing work? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So a lot of our work with embodied intimacy rests in, well, it's called embodied intimacy. So embodiment is like the foundation of everything, um, coming back to the wisdom of the body and relating from the body rather than the mind. It's like, it, that would probably be the tagline, if anything, is like, so many people going into this mind space and like emotions and processing and this and that and for us it's really about constantly continuously like uh, um, uh, coming back to the body no matter what so so that looks like different practices that we do that basically have like no words like just body touching movement both like both from the space of coming more into intensity and like moving the energy and also coming more into like, I guess the opposite would be intimacy and regulating and um, slowing down and maybe even like doing nothing together, but breathing. Mm -hmm. um, but both of these have in the background kind of the science. It's not just cause it's like a hippie thing to feel good. It, the background is the science of the neurobiology and the, of the nervous system, like of our bodies, of what it means to be, um, to have a regulated nervous system, what it means to be within the window of tolerance, what it means to like not be triggered and to be in like the growth zone or these different spaces, like we're, we're studying and researching this space mm -hmm. and finding constantly like booster and i call it the way back to love mm -hmm. and really it's like back to my wholeness back to a place where all of me is here relating to all of you mm -hmm. and i'm not coming from a strategy or sorry there'll be a um at some point maybe a, i can hear it <laughs> so um um yeah, so coming back to that place so that from where we relate isn't a strategy or an instinct or an idea, but it's actually like the felt sense of what's true in my body right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's very powerful to be able to um, come back to the body from the mind in that place, you know, especially when triggers and intensity can be really high. And um, I feel that's actually a lot of the reason why we in our culture, we do seem to feel the desire for a lot of labels. Mm. Um, 
And I'm curious, I know that you've shared like that one label of almost the primary and, um, and the hierarchy in that way. Do you, got, do you work with labels inside of your reality? Um, not so much, to be honest. Um, like even now it's a little bit awkward. Like, I don't know if I would call Booster my prime. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I have a, a label for these. Like, um, we're just kind of doing it um, <laughs> and seeing what happens. Um, and I think it, like what I think labels are really cool for is just to helping give context and name for the purposes of learning mm -hmm. so i i do think like i would i would never tell anyone who is just starting out like fuck labels like get rid of them like don't do it <laughs> i think that i think that what's cool about la labels is that they're stepping stones it's mm -hmm. like oh i'm relating to this box right now and i'm figuring that out you know like when my journey started it was like oh polyamory and then it was like oh open relating and it was like, oh, free love. And now we're like, and now we're calling it relating openly, which is something even different, like a new definition. And it's like, it's just new ways to describe or to try to put meaning on what we're doing. Um, yet it's like used for periods of time, like while I'm kind of stretching into a new box or finding myself in a new way. And then it, it kind of, evaporates and then and then we're just pure <laughs> something else happens I love that. you know um I've had very similar experiences myself in my life as well of, of actually very similar to what you just said even the the journey of the labels <laughs> and what you just shared it in and um one of the things that I think actually creates that is kind of like some sort of set values between all the people that are involved and I used to think that my value, and it's funny because the values kind of evolve in the same way as the labels, right? And it was like, you know, at one point there was like this growth and transformation value that was kind of driving it all. And then similar thing to what you said, it was like, oh, the nervous system actually wants something else, not, not necessarily growth and transformation all the time. It was like a desiring of something else. And then, you know, the value kind of went into devotion. But, and it's interesting because the same pieces were still on the table, but it was coming from a different place. So I wonder if you have mm. under set values underneath that as well that you that you work with as principles. Yeah, well, so I guess it ties into this piece that I just spoke about, um, which is relating openly. So it's, um, yeah, it's a really funny thing. Um, and it's kind of the new evolution of our work and what where we're going to take it because so much of embodied intimacy and what made embodied intimacy a thing was that Booster and I would share these videos um, of these just incredibly vulnerable self-reveals, essentially. Mm -hmm. Just like really just picking up the camera and kind of like pouring our hearts in. Mm -hmm. um, or in Booster's case, being like really um, like, like Booster really loves pushing the edge by sharing the least thing, like the thing that would make people, that he's sure people wouldn't love him for anymore. Mm. And that's what he shares on camera. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard for me, but he's pushed me in a, in a way as like a muse over these years mm. to share more like this. And so that's really how we, um, how people started noticing us in a way was like, wow, that's really fucking vulnerable or holy shit. 
And one of the things that we were sharing the most about, um, at least for me, was about my journey of open relating with Booster. It was like, that's where it got the most vulnerable for me and the most raw and the most real and the most just like dire because like love and relationships is where our instinctual responses are the strongest. So of course it is, it's like the place in my life where it's like, oh, like those pieces come up that I'm just so ashamed of or so um, in judgment of or so in denial of. So, um, so that's really how we kind of came to be. And, um, and then what happened was because we were sharing so much about open relating, our brand really got associated with open relating. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know about you, but like our journey with open relating is also a little bit like, sometimes we're like, yeah, we're open relating. Come, we have this new workshop. Come learn. We just found this new tool. It's really awesome. And then the next week we're like, oh my God, we can't teach this. We <laughs> fucking suck at this. If people came to learn us, they would be totally destroyed. And like, this, this can't be our job. We have to go back. We're doing trauma again and we're doing embodiment. We're not doing relating. Like we have... So we've like kind of gone back and forth a lot with it because it's so personal and it's like, it's like, fuck. And, and so the evolution has been that, and I guess this is where it really beautifully also relates to the title that you've given this is that we, we have an event over the summer called summer camp. And um, this year's summer camp, Booster, Leonard, and I kind of showed up in the most as a triad that we ever had been. And, um, and we were going through like a huge, like, like we were really, you know, it's so hard to be holding space and be relationally with your partners and be going through something and the field feeling that and and then we have this commitment to authenticity and being self-revealed and we're going through something but we're holding space and like it got to this um this uh, edge of we have to really speak into this like we can't pretend like our relationship isn't impacting people here Mm -hmm. and and so we um the group because summer camp is really like Summer camp is just this um, this space where kind of like we create it as it's happening. Mm. And so workshops just pop up. They're not pre-planned. Mm. And this workshop popped up of like, we want to learn about open relating. Mm. And so we were like, well, fuck, we're in it right now. So let's just bring what we're in and share that with the group. And it was really hard because it was like, it was that stuff that's like such the personal relating bits of, of what we're struggling with deeply, like what's gonna split us all apart, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we just stepped in crying, sobbing, like not knowing if all of our relationships were gonna last, not knowing how we were gonna make it through, but we just stepped in and said like, this is what's happening. Like, this is the dynamic, this is the relationship, here's what we're in, we're all crying, boosters in this emotional place and and one of the participants said, I finally get open relating. Wow. 
you're making me cry like I'm seeing very different just feeling that you know it's so powerful you know and I just really feel those edges so much you know and just mm-hmm. that consistent coming back to love and just and the synergizing inside of that love you know like so much of open relating that I've seen from other people and what I haven't really sensed with is the the sovereignty of like no it's my sovereignty and I'm here and I'm gonna you know be over here and I just you know I just so resonate with your ability to just leaning and just have that synergizing and just keep meeting the moment and yeah that is what open relating is and that's what I feel like Mm. it is you know Mm. oh god yeah and so this is like, and this is the, this is the shift for me now uh, to like open relating to relating openly that, that these relationships can't work unless we are supported by our communities, unless we're living out loud and exposing what's happening because so much of the culture of relating is, we, that's what we keep hidden behind closed doors. That's what we don't tell people when mom and dad are fighting. We don't tell people when we're when the relationship is on the rocks. Like that's the private stuff that we keep at home and we bring the pretty face and the perfected Facebook pictures and the blah blah blah. That's what we show. But all that other stuff that's not what we show. And I think that that's where relationships start to live in the shadows and get skewed and kind of like for lack of just fucked up because it's two broken people relating from their minds or their wounds and trying to make it work and it's not working. So we need one another, like we need those eyes, we need those reflections, we need that, even just a bigger container to hold, like two people are, is too small to hold the enormity of the love that exists in this world. Like we need more people to hold it with us. Yep. So. So this is really where this like new paradigm is kind of um, emerging from our space is like, like what I want to start to shout from the rooftops is like, yes, we're open relating, but more than that, we're relating openly. Like we're putting our stuff out there where we're authentically revealed and raw and, and leading from vulnerability. And that's what makes the relationship last that's what makes the relationship work that we're not hiding it yeah and keeping it for like it's staged performance of how and why we think it should look the way it looks yeah yeah I like this is such a big piece and I love that you're you you know the word you know I think it's really important that we keep shifting with the words as well from like open relating to relating openly because something that um that I've been really exploring, you know, I was, I launched my business in a quite a big way last year. And after that, like quite an intense burnout, like quite like a really, like my nervous system was really quite fried experience. And what then occurred in that was this partnership that I was in just went into more of a, you know, monogamous kind of dynamic, you know, it was just very much the two of us for a period of time. And it was like a, yeah, just like a, a calming down and a simplicity piece that was going on. And I feel like it was like what you're saying. It was like the uh, the community piece not being there for one. And secondly, also just the acknowledgement of like that was what my soul or like that's what I was desiring in that moment and just being so okay with that and feeling like also 
the the jarring word of monogamy for me sometimes <laughs> you know it's like my ideas of what monogamy is versus the rest of the world's ideas of what monogamy is <laughs> two very different things <laughs> and just um yeah and actually just sort of really being okay with that you know and for me meeting the ages of like okay well this is what this is looking at like right now and just being very okay with like okay well this is what it feels like and um and acknowledging like that it's like can be thriving and still be um the potency of all that love inside of a container of what looks like just two people for a while you know it's like um mm. and, the, and the shifting and moving of that kind of like what you're saying the evolvement of that and just the meeting that each day and I and I think that's a thing for me around that title that we we're talking about of like what makes a relationship last it's like you know if I'm attached to it being more than one person in the relationship it's almost like that's again almost just like another fallacy for me it's like oh, it's just another idea and concept rather than actually just being with the truth of the love in that moment and the truth of the hearts you know mm. I wonder what your thoughts are around that like about the shifting between what maybe looks like from the outside just polyamory or outside as monogamy what do you think about that yeah it's it's exactly what I was speaking about before when I was saying it was so hard for Brewster and I to keep claiming open relating as part of our business when we would go through periods of time where we just looked monogamous mm. like we're not like, I don't have another active boyfriend. He doesn't have an active girlfriend. We're not sleeping with other people where we're just working and doing our thing. And, and it's like, this isn't, this isn't poly. Like it, it wasn't something, it's not something that was living us all the time. We looked, we look really monogamous sometimes. And like, so how do we claim this? And it, it becomes this whole mind, mind fuckery. Mm-hmm. And, and even now, um, What I love so much about open relating um, is that for me, at least, that there is no way that you can have some kind of a static or a static um, contained or end goal that actually the whole journey of the relationship is the commitment to it morphing into something new every step of the way and being both surrendered enough and in truth enough to see what the natural authentic expression of that relationship is in each moment. Mm -hmm. Like that for me is fucking exciting. Like that for me is really cool because the idea of just like, even if we are polyamorous and Booster and I have a relationship, but that's the expression of the relationship and that's all it will ever be. That's even boring to me. Mm. But like what we're in right now is like, we're in this huge reconfiguring as I've become pregnant with another man's baby. And that man actually has proposed marriage to me. Yet Mm. I still have this primary relationship with a partner who I've had for six years. And like, in any other context, it would be like game over. It would be like, okay, Booster, you're out. Leonard's in. I'm switching partners. We're switching this whole thing up. And what? that's not what's happening. We're like, we're in it still. And we're devastated some days and broken. And how is this going to work? And, you know, Booster's really like, I need to back off and give you guys space because now you guys are the primary couple. And I'm like, but wait, that doesn't feel right. And so we're really in like the heat of this 
what does how like how, <laughs> what and how like what do we even call this and how do we are we transitioning or is this just a new kind of relating that's emerging and now there's a child coming in and for me it's super exciting mm. and thrilling and there's so much possibility mm. um but we have to keep so for example we've really really struggled these last months um with my with my pregnancy because it's like that is the ultimate big that's the thing that can shift everything that you you like that is the ultimate surrender in a way yeah at least for me it is right now and we've really been struggling really really especially booster and i and we just said even like it's not it's this is too big for us it's mm -hmm. it's it's beyond us like it's way too big and so we um we what we did was we invited community like some of our closest community who who are um who are immersed in our culture that we're creating around embodiment and intimacy and speaking the truth and we invited them over and we asked them to be part of a wisdom circle for us mm. so basically each booster and i stepped into the center and we spoke and kind of shared and then they asked us questions and then they reflected and we we um yeah we in 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 a way we brought everyone into the bedroom with us mm. and then asked for them to share with us mm. like what do you think is going on here like what's happening what are we not seeing what are you feeling when we share like how is it touching your heart or impacting you and this process shifted everything like yeah the we had been fighting for weeks mm. and couldn't find couldn't find the way forward and we and this wisdom circle and bringing people in and in this way it's like it's energetically but for me it's so palpable of like the container expanding it's like mm -hmm. the containers here and it literally like <gasps> and it comes this big and then it's like oh wow there's so much more space now we can do this or we could do that or we could move into this or there's this possibility and it like everything yeah, yeah. Are you ready for a career that lights you up, helps you serve humanity and assist in a global shift around sex, love and relating? Did you know that sexuality development is one of the fastest growing industries right now? The Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy is a course in cutting edge sexual wellness education, business and leadership. Utilizing the self-pleasure modality created by Victoria Redbard to have clients access freedom and connection in all areas of life. If you're feeling the pull to explore more, head to victoriaredbard.com forward slash podcast. This is a complete resonance of exactly how I experienced my, my, my life as well, right? So I created this modality of self-pleasure and it's very much around like witnessing people in their self-pleasure practice beyond masturbation. Like it's like, how does the body want to explore itself without the mind telling it what to do? And um, the way that I, you know, encourage my practitioners to work with this is to say like, um, 
you know, we're not actually trying to help people rid this, the discomfort from their body or transcend anything. Almost what we're trying to do is actually hold the layers of consciousness. And what, what you're experiencing, it sounds like, you know, and with, with like you said, it was bigger than you. And it's like the layers of consciousness that go on is actually kind of what stops us from um, having like the full awareness over each of the layers. Like sometimes when people talk to me about open relating, they say like, like oh, you know, but don't you get jealous or like, you know, is this, is this there for you? And it's just like, yeah, it is. And, you know, it's like, and it's really hot and I really enjoy it and I'm jealous and I hate it, you know, and it's like being able to hold all the layers of consciousness. And I feel like that's the beauty of like sex and all these things and like, and relating is just like, there's so many layers. And I think mm-hmm. that like sometimes when we're trying to confine into these labels or these concepts and ideas of, um, what relationships are it's like okay we're committing to one layer of consciousness like if if you sleep with someone else that means this is over because I couldn't handle it because that would make me jealous and that's like this very like one (laughs) understanding of it and it's just like yes it would make me jealous and maybe I'd enjoy it and (laughs) there's so many layers and I was seeing that coming into my work as well because it's like the way that you know I asked my practitioners to hold um you know to create these sessions is like we're not asking people to transcend their ideas or their discomfort of what they like or dislike or what they're feeling in their body or help them trying to move the anger out or move something out. It's just like, what if you can just have some more spaciousness around that anger? What if there's like, and and as you're angry about that thing, can you also see the part of you that likes that thing? And can you see the part of you that's sad about that thing at the same time? And it's like, like you said, it's that expanding of all the layers of consciousness. And I think that's, yeah I can see really I love that you're speaking to this piece of how the work is then informed by the open relating and you know my understanding of business as well it's like all based on relationships it's like everything I've learned from that space is just like oh this is great I've got all the skill set here (laughs) so yeah I really really resonate with that I wonder if it it just feels very similar in what we're sharing with that Mm, very powerful yeah it's actually, I won't go into this as like a, 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 a big piece at all because I'm not um, in a way informed enough to speak about it. But where, what we're starting to tie in with this is like, this also relates what you're sharing so much about the layers of consciousness also relates to trauma work and also relates to integral theory because mm-hmm. it's like the parts of the whole and not trying to amputate or cut off these different parts of us or, or ejaculate them out because we don't like them. It's one of my like big things right now with people and emotional release and just like, if I just scream, I'm just gonna get rid of it or it's gonna go away or then my trauma will be gone. It's like, no, actually like, no, it's not about let me get rid of this or get, get out of it. It's about how do I like love this how do I be with this? How do I create a new relationship to this part? And, and like, how do I hold in the way that you say is so beautiful, all the layers of consciousness that are alive in me right now, which is always multidimensional. It's like, this is another thing that's my like kind of juice right now is in this like multidimensionality of, of love. That, that, that love can exist in one universe. And what if there's a, like, like, what if we take love into the multiverse Mm. and there is multiple realities happening at the same time, one where you and I are primary partners or one where we're, we're not, or one where we're friends and one where we're business partners and one where we're great lovers. Like, 
what if I start to take that in? Mm. It's like that. So it's where, yeah, it's where all of this work and what we're doing with the self comes and matches and mirrors what, like, what I would love to see happen globally, mm. which is like to move into higher and higher and more complex systems of relating or of doing business um, through like the integral theory. And, and that relates exactly here by learning to hold more of the parts of us and in love and acceptance and mm-hmm. presence and not ejaculate or eject them out in mm. some way. Yeah. I love this. You've actually just gone onto another thread for now. I'm like, I feel like we could talk about <laughs> this. <laughs> There's this um, uh, part that I see inside of like the first part of sort of like, um, you know, a lot of Tantra workshops and understanding is very much around polarity and creating these polarities and I feel like when we go into that space of the multiverse and we go into that understanding of um you know the layers of consciousness that get to exist it's like actually for me sex seems to occur beyond the understanding of like this polarity and my desire inside of um sex now seems to be for the experience to have range and agility in the polarity so it's not like okay so now I'm in because I'm in a female body I will now show up in this experience of like looking for a masculinity to sort of um, polarize against this femininity that maybe I hold in a, in a woman's body because I grew up in a you know, female. And I think that something around this, the layers of the consciousness kind of has us evolve past the polarities into uh, a spaciousness. And I think this is where arguments kind of exist as well. You know, it's like when someone says like, you know, I want this and then the other person polarizes against that. And I see this like, almost like this opening of the consciousness and opening of the um of the container like you spoke of creates more space for something to exist beyond the polarity and i feel mm. that that for me is kind of where i feel this new paradigm is heading is beyond these really extreme polarities and almost like we get to play with polarity it's rather than it being like a uh like we're trapped in polarity it's like it becomes a choice and then we go, like, oh, okay, I might play in this role today. And then I might play in this role. And it's like being able to move around that and having the agility to move between the two um, is something mm. that I've really seen, you know, especially even for the nervous system of um, moving into business in a really soft way. It's like, I know sometimes when I have like a lot of meetings or I can be like very much in my head making decisions, it's like, I have to like come back to my softness. And I'm noticing that agility to move between like the mind space and the back into the softness is something that I feel was going to be really important for this next stage of long-term relationships, long-term business partnerships um, and what really makes a relationship last in that way. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts around that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, how it's relating, what's uh, really alive right now in our, in our work that we're doing, um, because we work so much with, with like, I would say one of the things that makes us the most different is how trauma aware the spaces that we hold are um, um, and how much of that is the foundation of what we're creating anyway. And part of that like we have a year-long training and we just did the a module and one of the whole modules of the training is on trauma and going from basically we say from going from trauma to trust Mm -hmm. and 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 what's become really exciting for us in this space is like what we call parts work 
So it's like, so there's like, there's the part of me that's the goddess. And then there's the part of me that's like the Viking warrior. And then there's the part of me that's now a mother. And there's the part of me that uses sex for um, manipulation or to get things. And then there's, the, so we start going into like all these different parts of me that exist. And some are like really beautiful parts that I love that I'm really proud of. And others are like more shadowy or, um, or more strategy driven or instinctually driven, like my, my inability to commit, my flight response. So we're, we look at all of these parts and start to create like a dialogue and a relationship to these parts. So they can also be looked at as like archetypes and other work, or like it reminds me of the polarity of the masculine and the feminine in ways like my, my super feminized parts and my like really my masculine parts as well. And, and, and this is like the same as the context that I was just describing of people coming to get rid of parts, yeah. like people coming to do work because like, I, I don't like my fight. I don't like that part of me that bullies or that pushes people around. And I want to like, how do I, how do I transcend that or get rid of that? Or like, and it's like, well, actually that's not what we're teaching here. We're teaching like the relationship between the parts and like, can you actually be the witness holding all the parts? Can you actually like zoom out enough and create a big enough container that you're not merged with any particular part at any time? So you're not like, oh, I'm a goddess and da 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 and living from this space. Like then, no, actually who you are right now is you're merged with a part of you but that's not actually who you are. Like who you are is the one that holds all, like is the integration of all the, is the place where all the parts meet. And that one, that oneness of that rather than the over-identification with this is who I am. Um, yeah, so that work is really jazzing me up right now because what I witness over and over again that it gives people and gives me is that I'm not that. Like, for example, I'm not my depression. There's a part of me right now that's depressed, but I'm not depressed and I'm not a depressed person. But there, but right now I can be identified with that part, yet not fully be merged with it. And that just that little bit of amount of space, I have found to be the biggest game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, that's what that's what's coming up for me when you speak. Um, that I'm really um, floored by in in this moment and kind of um, mm. yeah, in a deep kind of research of of working with that, especially in communities. Like when we also witness one another do that work and we get to say, oh my God, you're, you're aware of that part. I know that part of you too. And like, I was judging you for being that part, for that being all of you. But now I see that you can hold it as a part. And there is a you that's bigger than that mean girl or that sexy kitten or that et cetera, et cetera. It really like, it really is another one of those how do we hold all the layers of consciousness that exist inside this one being? It is the movement from one universe to the multiverse. It is like we continue to expand out mm. to create more space. 
Totally. There's one thing that's like really landing for me as you share this as well, is like, it's almost like what we do then is actually take the power dynamics out of relationship inside of business, inside of, you know, partnerships and this thing. And it brings the power that maybe is like putting people on pedestals or thinking someone has power over us. It's almost like bringing it back into the body. And then there's like mm. all these powerful individuals relating and, oh, that's really what juices me up. <laughs> you know, like, yes, <laughs> that's what I live for. Oh. Yes. And, I, and I think like, I, I really feel like we have really like gone into the layers of what I feel. And I think what we both feel is really what makes a relationship last. But um, yeah, I'm curious, you know, if you had any words of wisdom for people that are listening to this that are kind of in that like, those turmoil times when you're like I really want to make this work you know how do I how do I make this relationship last how do I make this work is there any like words of wisdom that you'd love to share about that yeah um yeah yeah there's a couple uh I guess like the two the two major things that I can share because they really worked for me is one is stop talking <laughs> so hard, especially when things aren't working. It's really hard. I know stop talking, just stop. And, and we have this, we have this practice called primal play. And it's basically like you take a mat and you get on the mat with your partner and on that mat, you create an, an amount of time, we'll say 20 minutes, and all that can happen on that mat for 20 minutes is breath, sound, movement, and touch. So essentially, just no words. And just allow the bodies to speak, to have a dialogue. Like one person, like there's been times, Booster and I have been fighting so much, and we're on this mat, and we're not even touching. We're just like avoiding each other the whole time. Or we just touch like little bit, and then we wrestle like animals. And then sometimes we just hold each other and cry. But it's like, what I see this, what I see us doing when we do this is giving the animal body the chance to catch up. Because we're so like, even the society, I just feel we're so overdeveloped with our minds. We're like going, 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 doing, doing, then this, then that, then this. And I just feel our poor nervous systems and bodies are just like, I'm here. Like, can I, can you give me a chance? Give me a chance to just catch up. And it's like, what I see happen with couples, what I see happen in groups, what I see happen with us is when we just give the body this time to speak, like the dynamics of what plays out in that space is fascinating. It's like when, um, so a sexy example of this would be Booster, Leonard, and I, when we were in this time around this summer of going through this turmoil and like all these things are changing and how are we going to make this work and it doesn't make any sense and there's a fight here and a fight there. The three of us got on a mat and did this 20 minutes, just, just no more talking, just move our bodies together. And and <laughs> we played out so many dynamics, like the two of them ganging up on me because they were mad at me. And then the two of them bonding because they're both angry at me. And then me kind of with my individual things. And then the whole thing ended and we were like, there was so much sexual energy. Mm -hmm. It was like so erotic, like this eroticism just came and it kind of merged into us going, I think we'd like to make love. 
And then the three of us had a, a, the first threesome that we had had in like for, for as long as I could remember. And it was like, oh, that's, that's all we needed was like, not that that was a goal, but the authentic expression of what wanted to happen got a chance when we just said, fuck the mind, let the body speak and guide us into what the next step is. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always end in a threesome. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it ends in going like, we need more space. Like, like we're too enmeshed right now. We need like, we need more polarity or we need to just get away from each other. But sometimes it, it lands really well. So that's the first thing is just fucking get out of, stop talking and just do something in your bodies. Mm -hmm. And the next is, is like, if it wasn't already clear from what I said, like moving to relating openly is like bring people in, mm -hmm. like share. And when you're struggling, invite your friends over for dinner and say, would you guys hold us? We're going through this hard thing. Can we share it with you? Like to just like, I just would love to see more people being vulnerable about their relationships and about the struggle in relationship and inviting community into enlarging the container to hold with one another rather than going apart in our separate dyads. I mean, I think like, I think the, the, the single family home is, is the, is the disaster of our time. Yeah. I think, I think village and community is, is what's next. For us and that's only going to happen when we actually make that movement from couple to more tribe and and that starts for me with just sharing vulnerably like what makes us human and struggle and messy and where we need help yeah wow that was so beautiful thank you <laughs> just very little words you know which is perfect <laughs> yeah I'm just so grateful to have been able to have this conversation with you yeah it feels like it's been a long time coming for me and just yeah just so curious it's like I, I feel like I must have been walking in your uh, etheric footsteps or something because it's just been um oh you're frozen <laughs> all right oh you're back perfect okay. I was just saying Oh, my internet connection is unstable. It says, okay, yeah. I'm going to wrap this up anyway. But I was just saying, um, I feel like I must have been walking in your shadow just or something because I feel like we've lived very similar lives and it's just absolute pleasure to get this chance to connect with you. So thank you so much for coming on. And it's um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, super fun. Thank you for this inspiring morning for me. <laughs> thank you.